What's up, everyone? We're here for Christmas Day Locked on Bucks as Milwaukee pull off a very impressive win, a very enjoyable win, and a win that did not look all that likely for 44 minutes of this game, maybe even longer, but Giannis in the end. Uh, I saw a tweet. Someone tweeted that Giannis is inevitable. He is inevitable. This was an absolute classic performance. Frank didn't know whether he was going to podcast, but he's contractually obligated to podcast when Giannis plays like that. So let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Goal for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win daily even on public holidays like christmas day uh, and also from my work over at espn and joining me is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast frank madden and we are just uh, minutes removed here from the bucks defeating the celtics 117 113 on christmas day uh look frank you can just uh, I, I know you just want to roll here so let's get to Giannis. let's talk about it this was just an absolutely insane performance 36 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks. Uh, He only needed 29 minutes to do that because let's remember, uh, until this morning, it wasn't a guarantee that he was going to play. But we know what Giannis is like. The second that he was removed from protocols, I was like, yeah, good luck, bud. Good luck, training staff, if you think you're going to stop this man from playing. He took a little bit to get going. But ultimately, this is going to go down as one of the more memorable. I don't know where it ranks for you in terms of regular season performances but on on a massive stage i tweeted it i don't think there's anyone tougher in the league this guy can play through anything he looked like he was struggling a little bit and then we saw what we've seen time and time again whether it was through the playoff run or over the last couple of years you just can't stop this man no one is tougher no one has more will uh, than him to succeed when he really wants to and tonight was a classic yeah first half three for eight uh eight uh seven points in 13 minutes i think it was so you do the math and and figure out, you know, second half, 29 points on 10 <laughs> out of 15 shooting in 16 minutes, uh, I guess. I, I didn't realize he only played 29 minutes, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you knew that obviously his cardio may not be where it needed um, coming back from uh, the COVID absence of out, you know, 10, 10, 11 days here. Um, but to for him to, you know, deliver this performance, especially that second half, um, you know, coming off the layoff uh, and, you know, just I, I tweeted out. I mean, it, it felt like this was just one of those hump games where the Bucks just dig themselves a huge hole. Boston played very well in the first first quarter, in particular. Jalen Brown came out on fire. Uh, Bucks just did not look sharp, really, in any phase of the game. Uh, I think they started one out of ten on threes. And you know, you just—I mean, you see it like this isn't unique to the Bucks, but a lot of times, you know, I always think of the Minnesota game earlier this year where also Giannis had what like a forty-point game. And they needed to exert so much energy just to get back and try to climb and get almost to to getting even. And then they just kind of kept falling back. And we saw that again tonight in the th- third quarter. They get to, I think it was 89, 88 at one point. Um, and then they lose a little bit of touching distance. They come back, Chris Middleton, the reserves, get them to 94, 90 going into the fourth quarter. But then Jabari Parker, our old friend Jabari Parker, 
basically outdueling Giannis. He was defending Giannis. Giannis forced a couple shots, had a, a, a turnover that Bar- Jabari intercepted, and the Celtics go up 102, I think it was 102-90 uh, a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. That's why you're saying for 44 minutes, this just did not look like uh, the outcome that you were going to get. So, you know, kudos to the Bucks. They kind of stuck with it, did not have their A game, obviously, tonight. Um, but they just kind of kept grinding and, you know, ended up 12 out of 33 from three which, you know, it evened out a, a bit, right? We always sort of talk about the the three-point shooting, especially when Giannis is not in the game, when he's not playing, that, you know, games just come down to three-point shooting. At the end of the day today, it was 17 out of 45, 38%. Boston ended up cooling down a fair bit. They were 16 out of 38 at one point, finished one for seven to close the game, whereas the Bucs uh, finished up 12 out of 33. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, again, the, the three-point shooting narrowed, but, you know, you know, it's like at the end of the day, we have a Giannis, right? We have a Hulk. Um, points in the paint, 56 to 28 uh, for the Bucks. They were in that zone, which let's just say had mixed results, especially because of Boston's three-point shooting. But Boston pretty much is living and dying with jump shots all day long. And the Bucks, even without really a lot of precision in terms of shooting today, um, they end up just really bludgeoning them inside. 15 offensive rebounds. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, just, just, just enough Giannis especially in that second half and enough contributions from other guys, including Bobby Portis also returning in the, from the protocols. But then, I mean, how about, how about Wes Matthews, man? We, we, we've talked a lot about Wes Matthews this week, um, but to see him hit that monster shot, the go ahead shot with 30 seconds left after an emotional week for him, losing his grandmother comes back with that huge game against the Rockets. And now in the closing lineup, we talked about him and his, his opportunity to maybe beat out guys like Shemi, Jordan Wara and Rodney Hood for minutes. He did that today, and man, he really earned them. He was part of that small lineup that they used to close the game, and nobody hit a bigger shot than Wes Matthews. So the lineups was one thing that I had noted down to talk about here because you talk about the the actual closing lineup that they went to. And then earlier in the fourth quarter, this has been something that I've been fascinated about because Dante DiVincenzo comes back in this game as well. And, you know, a little, little bit of rust, although some people may say it's not rust if, if he's missing some layups. But listen, bit of rust for Dante. And not only a bit of rust, he looked like he was just really excited to be out there. Probably a little bit of added energy. It's been so long since he played, so I don't really care. Plus 13. Hey, plus 13 differential for Dante, even though he only had 13 minutes. Yeah. Well, you listen, you're not going to hear me criticize Dante DiVincenzo from this game. It was just good to have him back. But in the fourth quarter, we saw a lineup where it was uh, Drew... Dante, Grayson Allen, and Chris, and then Bobby Portis was out there. But this is one thing that we've discussed a little bit. You know, if you swap Bobby Portis with Giannis, is that the type of combination you can go with? I think defensively, if if Wes Matthews is a guy that can maybe swap out with uh, with Grayson Allen there, then you have more defensive versatility. And as you said, I mean, he's hit some big shots, and he does seem to be playing inspired right now. I know he spoke a, a lot about it, but in terms of the wild card players with him and uh, Boogie Cousins, who tonight, you know, but he, he still hit the offensive glass. So you get nine offensive rebounds out of Bobby Portis and Demarcus Cousins. Uh, they're at least playing some physical uh, basketball down there. But we, we should not gloss over Giannis, though, Frank. I, ne- I need you to dive into Giannis a little bit more. You kind of went into the three point shooting. I'm almost a little disappointed you went down that path. What are you thinking watching this performance for Giannis? I, I know nothing really surprises us anymore, but someone tweeted me and said, this felt like game six of, against Phoenix. And the, the reason that reference was made was because there was big block shots from Giannis. There was ridiculous recoveries in two-on-one situations. There was a Drew Holiday steal, which was very similar to Devin Booker in game six. There was just no lob on the other end. But in terms of, of taking over a game and having highlight 
plays on both ends of the floor. Uh, I can buy that. I can see that similarity with a with a crazy five serve four. Yeah, I mean, it was a uh, you know the the block uh, on the late possession uh, against Robert Williams, right? Uh, Jason Tatum. I forget who who's guarding Jason Tatum, but I think it was you know a closeout. He he ends up getting a blow by off a closeout um, and driving to the rim. And you know this is Giannis having to play a two on one. Um, having to stunt just that little bit of Jason Tatum to make Jason Tatum not want to take the shot himself. I think the Bucks were up. This is the Buck. Were the sorry? Were the Bucks up one or three at that point? I, I can't recall. I think it may maybe they were. Um, do, you, do you recall? Not not off the top of my head, but yeah, um, I think that was when they were up three because then it went out of bounds. They did the review of the mm-hmm. exactly. uh, uh, Williams out of bounds, then Chris hits the uh, gets the foul to to kind of close it, but. Um, but in any case, um, you know, for him to be able to stun at Jason Tatum just enough to force a pass and then the recovery coming back and then meeting, you know, Robert Williams, who's, I mean, Robert Williams every year shoots 70% from the field. Okay. <laughs> like It's remarkable. This guy does not miss shots. He's a terrific rim runner, terrific guy on lobs and alley-oops. Uh, you know, Boogie and Bobby Portis, Boogie in particular, looked like a statue on a couple plays today. Uh, and I mean, he had that one tip dunk, which might've been a gold, uh, basket interference over Giannis as well. So, you know, we know what Robert Williams can do when he's just finishing at the rim and for Giannis to get up at the apex. I think if you took a, a picture, snapped a picture of that block, um, I think it was on the exact same side of the court and the exact same side of the hoop as the, the block on Deandre Ayton last year in the finals. Uh, and you know, it, it's just one of those plays that the number of guys in the league that can make that play, including both the kind of help stunt and the recovery. I mean, you know, there's just very, very few guys that not only make that play, but you almost expect them to make, you almost like expect Giannis to be able to make that play, which, you know, is just wild. And um, I think offensively, uh, you know, he had, he had three jump shots tonight. Um, but for the most part, this was, you know, a force of nature Giannis game. This was about Giannis just bulldozing his way to the rim. Uh, it was very satisfying to see uh, Marcus Smart, as as per usual, tried to you know slide in with sort of an undercutting uh, offensive uh, foul attempt or charge, t- charge attempt, uh, which Giannis just, he barely even touched Smart. He jumped yeah. that high, basically, in the third quarter as the Bucs were making kind of one of their initial pushes there in the second half. Um, and fortunately, the Celtics challenged and it was not overturned. Uh, so the basketball gods were, were smiling on the Bucs in that regard. Um, or at least they were, they were meeting out true justice. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, he was just kind of everywhere and I, I love that play, um, late, uh, and it was the Bucks down two and Giannis really wanted the ball top of the key. Uh, Drew was on the left wing. And it's Drew exactly about pass. to bring this up. This was Drew awesome. did not pass him the ball <laughs> and you're like, okay. Uh, and Drew ends up driving and, you know, kind of worming his way to the baseline and gets up in the air right under the basket. He's got no angle to take a shot. And Giannis, though, smartly, you know, doesn't put his head down, doesn't com- sit there complaining at the three-point arc. He dives to the rim, just comes cutting down the middle of the lane, catches it, finishes through the contact for the end one. He missed the free throw, unfortunately, so didn't give the Bucks the lead at that point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he was, you know, obviously this was uh, about as big of a performance as you can expect from a guy coming off a layoff for, you know, an illness that, you know, we don't know for sure exactly how he was impacted by it, but, you know, Chris Middleton sort of alluded to potentially, he said something about like, it was, it was tough. We weren't sure exactly if he meant like if he wasn't doing well physically, or if he was just, you know, not happy being away from the team, maybe both. Um, So you never know, right? I mean, we've seen uh, players come back and and not necessarily have 
you know, look like themselves coming back from uh, a COVID absence. But, you know, today for him to come back, I thought Bud obviously did a nice job kind of managing his minutes so that he was there late and kudos to his teammates as well. I mean, Giannis was a minus one in this game. So the Bucks won, you know, won the minutes that, that he was on the bench. And that obviously ended up being crucial because the Bucks were kind of spent, you know, pretty much the whole game digging themselves out of the hole. Yeah, I don't know what he would have been heading into the fourth quarter, but, uh, you know, obviously he was on the floor during that late game run. So, you know, early in the game, it, you already pointed to it, but they would get back to a couple possessions or one possession and the Celtics would quickly run it back out to double digits. And it's like, okay, well, uh, th- in my head anyway, I was thinking, well, has Giannis got another run in him or is this just going to have to be the Bucks shooting their way out of it? And the third quarter when they were raining down all those threes, I was like, okay, maybe this is where the game breaks open a little bit. But when they went back down double digits, I thought that they were going to go into struggle uh, to come back. So being Christmas Day, and obviously it's fun to win on Christmas Day. We mentioned last year the fact that they played there, but there was no crowd. It was a weird game. They blew out the Warriors. It's like, okay, whatever. This felt like a like a big game it felt like the the atmosphere was rocking in there for sure even though again it was probably a frustrating game to watch for a lot of it i had a lot of people tweeting at me get saying this game sucks i hate this game this is a frustrating game and they're not wrong but they ended up ended up winning and a lot of the times people criticize the crowd but i thought it sounded certainly pretty loud in there anyway uh, the Bucks must be three and one. Is that right in this run now? They beat the Knicks. They beat the Warriors last year in the Celtics today. Obviously, we don't talk about that uh, that game in in Philadelphia a few years back. But Christmas they... Day champion Sixers, Christmas Day champion Sixers in 2019, man. It's uh, they're just tough. They're going through the process, all right? It's just the process. The Sixers. Hang the are... banner. We still haven't seen the Christmas Day banner. That's the only banner the 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 Sixers can raise. But you know, maybe one day. Hopefully it's the only one they get moving forward as well. We're happy to see the Sixers lose at all times. By the way, did you see, not to get too distracted here, but did you see Clutch Sports tweet out today the the at Ben Simmons retweet for All-Star? Could you imagine if Ben Simmons only played one game this year and it was the All-Star game? I think I'd be into that. No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. That that would be, that would legitimately be the funniest thing ever, right? If if, If he was voted in. Uh, and, uh, and then they had to decide if he was, I mean, like it, I, I, I guess you would play because fans, I mean, it, it's, this, this is also why you have like the player vote and the coaches vote and all the other stuff. Right. Because, and the media, right. Like it's, it's the kind of fans, uh, well, I guess fans, players and, uh, and media, right. That vote for the starters and then the coaches pick the, the, uh, the sub. So I think, I think there's enough fail safes in place that we won't ever have to worry <laughs> about that. Um, and it's also just weird to think about because Ben Simmons isn't popular. Right. So like who yeah. likes Ben Simmons. Right. I mean, Kane, you're an Australian. I feel like even Australians don't really like Ben Simmons that much given he never plays for, for the Aussies. So, uh, so yeah, that that's funny, but anyway, enough, enough with, with him, enough with the Sixers. Um, the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics have won the first couple of games against the box, including the last time Giannis played, that was, you know, a relatively full strength, full strength for this year, Bucks team. They have, you know, you had Chris Giannis and Drew all in that game. That was a game that, that Chris hyperextended his knee in the second half, but he was terrible before he got hurt. Giannis didn't look good in that game. You know, was he still nursing the calf injury or whatever? Like they look bad in that game for the most part. And so, you know, again, like, I don't think the, the Bucks are sitting around like worrying that like the Celtics are going to, you know, beat them in the playoffs or something like that. But even if it's just maybe for fan sanity and, and our yeah. own, 
uh, psychological purposes. You know, I think it's important that, you know, look, especially from a seeding perspective, like you have these home games, you actually do have pretty much all your guys back other than Brooke Lopez at this point. The Celtics were missing some guys, including Al Horford. It's, it was kind of funny. Like the, the Celtics had this mile-long injury list, but it was mostly like random dudes that like I've never heard of. So they had obviously kind of most of their good players other than Al Horford. But um, and Dennis Schroeder did did miss the first uh, did miss today due to a late addition to the protocol, health and safety protocols as well. He's obviously he had that one big game against the box and then was really bad the second game. But you know, I mean. Again, the Celtics always look better to me when I watch them than their record indicates. I thought they would be a top four, yeah. you know, maybe like a fourth, a seat, you know, contender for that fourth spot in the East this year. And they've obviously, you know, they've had injuries. Jalen Brown's uh, missed about half the games. Um, I mean, I still think they could be a good team. Um, again, you know, would I be afraid of them in a playoff matchup? No, I mean, I think the Bucs obviously should win a playoff matchup. But, uh, but hey, they just they just beat you pretty handily in Boston a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, yeah, Christmas day. I mean, you, <laughs> you don't want to come on and lay an egg. And, you know, fortunately, especially in that first half, um, that's what the bucks were doing. So um, the bucks have not been a team the last two years that have had a lot of like big comeback wins. Um, and so I think to do it again, does this prove to the bucks that they can do this stuff in the playoffs? No, look, they did this in game five of the NBA finals in, in Phoenix, right? They had a huge comeback and won, you know, a massive game. I don't think they need, to win these games to kind of prove that through something to themselves. But I think again, just, you know, trying to get guys back into a rhythm, um, trying to figure out some different things that you can do defensively. Um, I, I think it's obviously just important to kind of build some momentum and, and win some games, especially now that you're actually relatively healthy compared to a lot of other teams. Yeah. And we should also acknowledge that while the Celtics had a couple of players out, they did have Peyton Pritchard who scored 90 points in a scrimmage game uh, in the off season. So let's not forget that Peyton Pritchard was on the floor playing big minutes. Now, the one thing I will say about the Bucs, and I, I was just trying to think as you were wrapping up that point there in terms of national TV games, because when you talk about when you watch the Celtics and they always seem to play better, and obviously that's they, they play well against the Bucs typically. So that, that obviously skews that, that forward a little bit. But I wonder how people picture the Bucs because when I hear them talk about this Milwaukee team, everyone's like, ah, they're the favorites. They're the favorites to win the whole thing. We don't even worry about them. They're going to be fine. And I, I think about opening night. Now I think about Christmas Day. And it does feel like this team is on a big stage and mostly because of Giannis. He's like, all right, we're making sure that we make a statement today and we're going to win this game. But I think the other thing that that helps Giannis's cause for is the MVP discussion. And I was thinking about this uh, yesterday before this game, just in regards to the game totals this year, because I, I thought, well, Giannis has missed the last four or five games. And and typically if you miss like a, a one to two week stretch, you say, okay, how does that hurt his case? Clearly that can't be a factor this year because everyone's missing this period when it comes to health and safety protocols, but he has still put up some of his biggest performance on the biggest stage in front of everyone. And, and I know that now they're sort of expanding this MVP conversation to Giannis, Steph, Durant, obviously obviously Jokic as well, although it seems that narrative-wise it's going to be hard for Jokic, even though that's not necessarily fair. But this is the type of game that I would suspect, if you're into listening to, obviously after you listen to Locked on Bucks, if you're into listening to national podcasts the next few days, I imagine there's going to be lots of Giannis talk, and I imagine there's going to be people jumping on board to say he's at the top of the MVP race or very close to it. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is just like, you know, for the, the narratives in season, a lot of it's just making sure you're part of the mind share and part of the discussion. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, bottom line is when you're out for one to two weeks, 
you just drop out of that discussion to an extent, right? And so for him to come back with a statement game uh, on Christmas Day when everybody's watching is a nice reminder to people that he's having an awesome year and the Bucs have not been you know, necessarily world beaters, but when they've been healthy, they've obviously been very good and they've won you know, way more games than they've lost. Or I think they've only, what were they like, probably like 12 and two now or something like that with, with Drew and, and Chris and Giannis, something on that order. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit greedy, but at the end of the day, I think we all want to see Giannis win that third MVP. Three MVPs is a very rarefied group to be in. And this is obviously a, a, a very unique opportunity for him to potentially, you know, win a third MVP. Um, I think it's, you know, interesting. There's a, we're recording this right after the game, the Suns and Warriors are playing. Um, I think, you know, probably Steph, uh, if the Warriors, you know, I think so much is going to come down to team record. And so, you know, we'll see. Steph has obviously not been able to stay healthy um, the past couple of years. KD has also had problems staying healthy. He's been in the protocol. I think he's missing today's game as well. He had a, a great run of games before he went at the health and safety protocols. And Jokic just sort of like continues to toil in relative obscurity, putting up statistically the best numbers of anyone. I think if you look at all the advanced metrics, like it's not even close. He's pretty much way out ahead. And, um, you know, some of the, some of the, the kind of advanced metrics, like, like EPM and things like that, it's like BPM, he's just way out ahead. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Bucks, you know, selfishly, um, we know, yes, on the one hand, the regular season, it's just kind of like, all right, get it through as healthy as you can get seated high enough that, you know, you're, you're not in like a bad spot. Ideally, you know, you'd love to have home court throughout the the playoffs or at least throughout the the Eastern bracket. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a Giannis fan, I think we would love to see him make a real run for that. And, you know, I think when you, when you, when it comes down to it, you know, I think KD, Steph and uh, Jokic are the three real competitors. I saw like NBA.com at somewhere like, like Chris Paul was now fourth over Giannis. <laughs> and, and I was like, whatever, like. Just they have to put a Chris, token guy in, right? Chris Paul's great. The, the Suns have been an awesome story, yeah. but don't no like Chris Paul is not he's not a serious MVP candidate over those other four guys like sorry and and you know he's another guy who obviously has had hard time staying healthy for long stretches as well I mean you know again I, th- I think CP is the most valuable player on the Suns but I mean even that is like kind of debatable um but they obviously have played really well with Devin Booker out here of late so yeah I mean for Giannis to, to do this put up the monster numbers um obviously it's 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 fun to watch fun to kind of uh, send him rocketing back into uh, into that MVP discussion, and we'll see how it continues to evolve. But again, I think so much of it's just going to come down to health because we know he's going to put up monster MVP caliber numbers. So I think just so much of it just comes down to can he stay healthy? You know, hopefully um, once now he's out of the protocol, hopefully he's um, you know healed up. Maybe some of those other nagging kind of calf, other maybe injuries that he's been carrying. Um, so hopefully he's feeling good, and hopefully he can you know just not miss many games the rest of the way, and then. If the Bucks can be a top two seed in the East, I think probably if Steph is like the one seed in the West, um, you know, you, you may very well need Giannis to to lead the Bucks to you know either the the top spot or, or the second spot in the East just to just to kind of keep that that team success um, kind of component of it for a lot of voters um, at least roughly even because um, obviously that was important for Giannis in the two years he won the Bucks with the best record and that was obviously a big part of him winning. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that team success doesn't matter even if Maybe it's sometimes, you know, it, it can be um, maybe a little bit larger of a component, right? I think Giannis should have been MVP, even if the Bucs had finished second or third in the East those years. But but yeah, all good things when, when the Bucs win and Giannis puts up monster numbers. Tim Bontemps does that ESPN 
poll thing. And and I think we did that voting in like October, I think it was. And I think I had Giannis uh, third at that point behind KD and Steph. But I, uh, or it might've been early November. I can't remember when we did it, but I had CP3 fifth, which was behind the obvious four. And it was just like, well, I can't really bring myself to put DeMar DeRozan in an MVP top five. And the Phoenix Suns are so damn good that I feel like they should have some guy up there, but I can't ever possibly imagine him winning it. But anyway, uh, if we did that again right now, I think Giannis would be, you know, Giannis, Steph, whatever, the however the week is going, honestly. That's the way uh, these type of things go. Uh, I did want to ask before we finish up this pod specifically about the rotation. You pointed to some of the guys, and it's crazy that this felt like as healthy as the Bucks have been all season. And you looked at the bench and you're like, oh my goodness, this team is stacked now. Look at these lineups they're playing out there. So some of the guys that uh, did pick up the DMP tonight, um, Thanasis, Rodney Hood, Jordan Wara, Shemi Ojale, as you mentioned. So, you know, depth pieces, which is what we thought. And we really asked the question with guys like Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale, whether they would really force their way in there. Naturally, they've added Boogie and, and Wes Matthews in that period as well. But that was a 10-man rotation tonight that honestly, I can't really see anyone moving in or out of. Obviously, Boogie, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but it looks pretty solid. Obviously, there's going to be other injuries and you know who knows what else happens along the way. But this was about as solid as we've seen it. And it was it was honestly just cool to see some of... There wasn't one lineup where I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. I think there might have been some Boogie and Bobby Portis minutes there, which is you know interesting. I don't know how, how, many, how often they'll do that moving forward. But other than that... Uh, looking pretty good, and it's going to be hard for some of those other guys that we've spent a lot of time talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think um, I, as much as people have sort of caricaturized Bud a little bit as being like like he plays tons of guys, but I mean, we've talked about it a lot in the past that Bud has never played as many guys in the rotation like on a night-to-night basis as maybe people assumed he did. Um, and obviously we saw it in the playoffs last year. They went to a much shorter rotation than than I think maybe people were afraid that they might. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, you look at the guys available right now, um, you know, I think in an ideal world, obviously, you hope that that Brooke Lopez slots back into your starting center spot at some point later in the season. And then at that point, you know, you've got Bobby Grant Hill, Grant Hill, George Hill, Pat Connaughton, <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo, as I'd say the, the four that you would expect under normal circumstances would be playing every night. Uh, and then... You know, I think there is that 10th spot, but hasn't always played 10 guys, you know, during during regular season action tonight. Wes Matthews plays 18 minutes. Um, Dante played the fewest minutes off the bench, 16. So there weren't any like, you know, fake, you know, nine and a half guy stuff tonight. It was like a legit 10 man rotation. Part of that, obviously, likely stemming from the fact that Giannis was was obviously not at full strength. So, you know, Bobby and and and, and Boogie, um, you know, you would have thought would play more. But, you know, Boogie only played 17 minutes tonight which I'd say is much closer to what he should be playing in the regular season than, you know, 28, 30 minutes, right. Which is what um, he played here on this back to back. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think you just cross your fingers that that group can stay healthy and that you can sort of mix and match and find some things that work. Um, You know, I think Dante, you know, he comes in, misses those two layups uh, for on his first shot attempts. It felt like, uh, you know, womp womp, you know, Dante, he's back. Right. Um, but hits a hits a pretty important three, you know. I mean, pretty much every three the Bucks hit was important when they were down a lot of points, and and he hit a, uh, you know, a no hesitation three pointer from the top of the key, um, you know, no turnovers, didn't commit a foul, uh, and again, I thought 
it was kind of funny. The the Bucks really struggled at the point of attack for long stretches tonight, and that was one of the reasons they went to a zone for a lot of the kind of like middle two quarters. Uh, and you know, we can argue like about the zone because the zone, you know, you can get open threes against the zone typically. Um, but as I said, it at least I think um, took Boogie out of and and to a lesser extent Bobby out of some of the pick and roll stuff. Uh, and it was funny then when they went back to more conventional defense. Dante getting over screens, I was like, oh, okay, you know, Dante can actually get over screens, right? He's a better defender than, than Grayson Allen. Um, you know, Grayson had a, he, obviously he's coming back from whatever his illness was tonight, 0 for 4 from the field, only two points. He obviously was pretty anonymous. Um, so having Dante back and hopefully getting him up to speed sooner rather than later, our friend Eric Name posted a, a video pregame of him doing like a tip dunk where his head wasn't quite at the rim, but, you know, physically it was like, oh, Dante, you look pretty, pretty spry. You know, he doesn't look like he's a shell of himself or something like that athletically, which is really important that that physically he's there yet. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the to have Wes Matthews pop up and give you a, a switchable wing defender who can kind of guard smaller guys or s- switch up to guard slightly bigger guys. Again, he's not going to guard like centers or something like a PJ Tucker could. Um, we'll see how real it is, right? I mean, Wes is older; he's got to stay healthy too. Um, but when his three point shot is going down, he was two for two today. We've had him seen him hit a lot of threes in the past week. Um, obviously that's a huge boost, especially on a game like today where three point shooting was, was obviously not great for long stretches for the bucks. So, so yeah, I, you know, you just have to be excited for Wes and, um, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see these other guys get opportunities again at some point here, most likely because of injuries. Um, but, um, like I said, I, I was, I don't know. I want to believe in Wes Matthews. I I, I almost want to like temper myself um, because I don't want to be naive about it and be too nostalgic uh, about about rooting for Wes Matthews. He's got a great story, obviously, with the hometown connection, having been here before leaving. They win a championship when he leaves. Now he comes back, you know, losing his grandmother this week. Um, you know, there's just been a lot of ups and downs to his story, but it's been you know, obviously these, this, these past few games have been really fun to see him actually make plays. I mean, he even had to put the ball on the floor and had a three-point play uh, right. off a dribble drive tonight. I think he had a similar one yesterday or in the Dallas game. Had another one where he had to drive and he got just blocked to hell. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's been solid when they've asked him to give them some minutes. And I think, you know, ultimately we have not seen them go to like switch everything lineups very much lately. We saw that a lot early in, this, in the season. They defended at a pretty statistically high level without doing a lot of as much of that lately. Um, but I do kind of wonder now you're getting starting to get your guys back, um, including, you know, having West now as part of this, he's obviously able to switch between guards and wings very easily. And he's pretty strong. So you can put him on fours. We saw, I mean, we saw him defending Christian Wood, taking charges, doing stuff um, over the past couple of weeks as well. So you don't want to get too high on kind of what he might be. I think, again, he's more like the 10th guy uh, than, you know, the sixth or seventh guy, but, uh, but, Hopefully, again, maybe he's a guy that that gives you a lot more of the course of regular season than, than maybe you assumed, given he wasn't even on a roster three weeks ago. All right, so the Bucs get a, a day off here, then they uh, make a trip down to, to Florida for a few days. Uh, I, I don't know why. I think they had uh, two home games in a row against Orlando, I think, unless my memory's uh, failing me. And now they've got two away games against Orlando. It's a bit of a weird schedule. But anyway, I'm sure... Brooke Lopez, if he's if he's up and healthy and well and uh, able to sit on a, a plane down to Florida, I'm sure he'll be excited. Maybe he's already there. Who knows? But uh, either way, uh, that will be fun. But uh, before we wrap this up, it is Christmas. It is right now 5 p.m. 
Christmas Day where you are, Frank. So I'm, I'm sure dinner is about to go down. I'm, I don't know if you're hungry, but what's the day been like for you? What, what's the rest of the day look like? Are you going to watch a replay of Bucks Celtics? Uh, watch the rest of the games? What are we up to? Well, I, I don't think I'd want to watch more than like, you know, this the last six minutes, true, right? True. Like that, that might be kind of painful. Um, I've got the Packers on DVR, so I'm going to catch ah. up on that. Uh, we do a big turkey dinner here for Christmas Day. Uh, we open Christmas uh, presents on Christmas Eve because um, my mom's German. That's like the German tradition: open Christmas on presents on Christmas Eve. So, um, so I watched. Uh, I, I got to watch my daughter open Christmas presents last night. Put together some some Legos last night. We've been putting together some more Legos today. So that's that's uh, that's fun for me. She's moved up from the Duplo Legos to the like regular sized Legos. So it's it's not easy. She's she's technically they're they're like for four plus. She's turns four in January. So I said, you know what? Yeah, let's that's... let's upgrade. Let's see how she does. She'll need a little more help. So, uh, so yeah. So it was a fun. You know, when you're old, it's more fun just seeing how your kids uh, kind of go through Christmas. But, um, but yeah, that's been what we did here. And by the way, you Justin joked that maybe I missed the game the other day because I was at Rockies. I had my oldest friend from elementary school over with his kids, and we were like, "Let's go get some Rockies and bring it." Bring it. <laughs> so we got two pizzas from Rockies for lunch that day. I brought it home introduced our kids to uh to some rocky's pizza for lunch so not that far off that wasn't why i missed uh why i didn't pod the other night it was more just general hangout with family time but uh but yeah i've got i've got two got two rocky's visits in so far here in the last uh, in the last week i love it when are you back when how long are you in town for we don't know actually we drove so you know we'll we'll see i have to i have to go back to work on like roughly january 3rd so um so i'll i'll be here probably for the next at least the next few days and um, and then we'll see. What about you? What did you do for Christmas? Well, I'll just quickly say, so if anyone wants to catch up with Frank, if you just hang around any Rockies branch for long enough, um, you'll probably see him shuffle in there. Uh, well, it's a the day Bay Shore, the Bayshore Rockies, the Bayshore Rockies is my spot. So yeah, ah. I, I had lunch with Eric, with Eric there last week. So, uh, yeah, if you just hang out there between like 11 and noon, uh, most weekdays for the rest of this calendar year, you'll probably see me once or twice. Surely, Frank, you can take the laptop down there, hook into some Wi-Fi and do a podcast from Rockies and eat pizza while we do a pod. Can we can we organize that in the next week? I think we could probably make that happen. We need to get we need to get you to America and then we'll do the live pod from from the Rockies. That, that's, that's, just, true. that's just the obvious solution here. That's true. Well, it's pretty early over here. It's uh, the day after Christmas, 10 a.m. This was a 6.30 a.m. tip. And as usual, Christmas is... It's a pretty big day. So when the alarm went off to watch this game, I was like, am I going to watch this live? I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered, but obviously I did. But no, I, I got to go to work today. Uh, there's Australian basketball on, so I'm about to head to work, make some TV, Frank. But if you see this, uh, wait, let me work my fingers out. If you see this Giannis thing, a uh, little framed photo, it's hard to see. It's a bit far away, but uh, my little brother did give me that. It's just, you know, classic, right. classic Giannis. Championship? Yeah. Two, both trophies? Exactly. Yeah. So... Uh, we're going to get that in the background of the podcast. I'm not at home at the moment, but I just wanted to slot it up there. It's a little bit hard to see. But that was a good day. Uh, more basketball this afternoon. And uh, Kane, Kane, this are, are you going to be uh, suited up for for some TV appearances here next next day or two? Is it, is it that that kind of that that kind of performance? Because you do like the studio show where you're like seated and you're wearing like casual clothes, and then you do the like the more proper one you, by the way, I, I'm digging some of the looks you've had some nice blazers on. I like the light blue blazer in particular. So you're bringing some good looks. Um, and uh, I think you do that one with like Andrew Gaze, right. Who's like basically the most famous Australian basketball player ever. So, I mean, that's, this has been pretty cool for you. I'm, I'm enjoying seeing the clips of Kane Pittman TV star in Australia. 
Yeah, I know. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to have me on the desk with Andrew Gaze every Friday night. But Friday night is suits. Saturday and Sunday is t-shirt and jeans. So today is just casual, sitting on the couch, trying not to fall asleep at 5 p.m. the day after Christmas after you've been up all day and, and eaten and, and drank way too much on Christmas Day. So I'm just trying to get through the day today. But we had to podcast. That's the main point. We had to do this podcast. We were. I, I said, you asked me, you asked me like... Like Six minute mark in the fourth quarter. Frank yeah, said, and I was just like, and I, and I was just like, eh, let's just skip it today. They're probably going to lose anyway. It's Christmas, whatever. And then, you know, with like 30 seconds left, I popped back into the DMs and was like, maybe we should call <laughs> after all for this one. And you were expecting it. So, yeah, I was, I was already setting up. I knew what was, what message was about to come down, but let's leave it there. It was a fun one for the Bucks. They win 117, 113. Uh, we're glad they won. I, I might have been generous with the 44 minutes that this looked like a loss. It could have been 46. But either way, uh, the Bucks pick up the win, which is fun. Hopefully, uh, everyone's safe and enjoying their holiday period here over these days and listening to you know a little bit of Locked On Bucks after this Packers game. Uh, we really appreciate it. We'll be back through the week, as I mentioned, a couple of games against Orlando. Hopefully, a couple of wins against Orlando. We'll get to that when they roll around. But for now, for Frank and myself, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, Merry Christmas. Safe. We'll speak to you guys.